Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thursday, March 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, another rough one uh, late last night in the desert for the Indians uh, in exhibition play. Uh, Aaron Savali gets touched up again, a uh, couple of home runs. The Indians uh, starters over their last three, four starts have given up, what, nine home runs uh, in, in uh, Cactus League play. Uh, not exactly where you want to be with one more start to go before you open the regular season. Yeah, nine home runs, 18 earned runs, uh, 19 hits, over 14 and two-third innings, Joe. That's uh, McKenzie, Plesak, and last night, Savali. You know, I, I don't know if you uh, – it all depends how you look at spring training. Is this a desert mirage? Does it count? Are these guys – it's just, just a hiccup, you know, before the, the regular season starts? These guys want to get the regular season going and get out of here, or – is it something more serious? Well, with each one uh, in the rotation, we'll get, what, one more start before uh, games get real next week. And, you know, I, I guess if, if they all come out and, you know, throw something more like what we're expecting to see in their regular season starts, in their final preseason start, then I guess eh, it's nothing. But, you know, if the trend continues and, you know, Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plesak, Aaron Savali are all giving up you know, multiple home runs per, per outing in the, in the next week or so, uh, then, yeah, I, I might be a little concerned about this because while you're confident and you know what the potential is for this rotation, it's still a very young and inexperienced and unproven rotation. And you don't have a lot of experience and depth waiting, you know, beyond them. The guys that are, are, are going to start out from Columbus are, are also pretty inexperienced. So, uh, you know, somebody's got to step forward and put a stop to this. Yeah, I, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, Logan Allen is scheduled to go uh, Friday. He's had, you know, a great camp. Uh, you know, it looks like right now he should be in the rotation. They haven't made an announcement yet. Um, but uh, maybe he can settle things down, and then Bieber will take a turn again, before his next turn before, the, before starting the season opener in Detroit on April 1st. Um, but usually the last starts of spring training aren't, you know, they kind of pull back a little bit on these guys, you know, they don't let, they're already stretched out. They don't want to, you know, overdo it. So we'll see how those go. You know, I, I, I'm not sure how much emphasis we can put on that last start. 
Yeah, and uh, in an ideal situation, they you know they give them a few innings, let them get warmed up, and then cool them right down, and and you know maybe even finish them throwing some pitches in the bullpen or something like that. Uh, ideally, you don't want your guys stressed in that last start of preseason. It's almost like the uh, the NFL dress rehearsal before the uh, the last preseason game. There, uh, you get them in and you get them out. Exactly, and and maybe you know it could be a little different with the off days. Maybe they want some of these guys to go get stretched out as long as they can because you know they're not going to be able to take their regular turn once the regular season starts. Well, beyond the starting pitching, and uh, you know the relievers looked pretty good uh, last night, even even late in the game with uh, with Class A and Oliver Perez getting a chance to pitch. We'll talk about the bullpen in a little bit. Uh, Josh Naylor uh, finally, uh, you know, gave us something to talk about there uh, in right field. He had a home run and another base hit, stole a base. But uh, the highlight for me uh, with Josh Naylor was uh, Josh Naylor and Yu Chang scoring. I, I, there was a, a double. I don't know who hit the double. Yeah, Perez was, hit the double. Roberto, Roberto Perez. Perez. Yeah, almost the ball almost got out of the ballpark. But yeah. uh, but you could see it coming when when. Um, when I'm sorry, it was Naylor had to um, yeah, they had, had to, to hold up and wait, and and to make sure the ball wasn't going to get caught, and they slid across home plate almost at the same time. It looked just like that movie Major, uh, major League. Uh, it happened in the same, you know, sort of situation there where they're both diving across the plate safe at the at the same time. Uh, the Indians shared it on social media, and it looked kind of funny, but uh, just a, a, an interesting play. Yeah, it reminded me of that play. Do you remember the play when Carlton Fist? was catching for the White Sox and tied bo- tie, uh, tagged both guys out at the plate, like one after another. Mm-hmm. They came sliding in and he tagged right. both out like within a, a second of each other. That's what I thought. It, it kind of resembled that. My my question is, why did Naylor slide head first and end up stopped <laughs> right at home plate when he knew Chang was yeah, right Chang behind was him? Right that's the thing. Like, did he get if, stuck in the mud? I don't know. He wasn't going to be the one there was a play on. So why would he dive head first? Yeah. He's got to run through that and make sure that, you know, he, he at least clears some space. Chang almost got a cleat in the face. That would, that could have been really dangerous. Yeah, that was crazy. That was, that it looked like a, you know, a two car pile up on a, a dead man's curve or something like that. You know, it was, right. it was strange. Right. But the nice thing to see there was Josh Naylor and Yu Chang also, uh, you know, still continuing to hit. Uh, it's not like the, you know, what we saw early in spring training was, you know, just some sort of uh, illusion or anything like that. Uh, these guys, when they're given a chance and they're in the lineup, they, they produce. Yeah. You know, I think, I don't know if Naylor has been hurt. You know, he kind of was rested. We had the, uh, the ankle, then he had the, the sore, the sore wrist. But that was his first hits, Joe. Those were his first hits since March 13th, and his first RBI since his first uh, his first game in in uh, in spring training on March 2nd. So it's wow. been a while. So, but it, you know, it's good to see that he's getting hot at the right time. It kind of reminded me of uh, his his run, his mini run in the uh, postseason last year. Right, uh, Cesar Hernandez. If you're talking about somebody who's hot, I don't think you can get any hotter than. Hernandez at the plate over the last couple of games. He's uh, you know, really found his timing, really found his stroke. He's hitting the ball on the nose every time. And uh, Framo Reyes uh, clubbed one into the right center field gap and, and, and chugged out a, a triple. I, I just, I'm sitting at home watching it on the TV and you saw where the ball went. You saw that he had second base easy. And I'm just like, 
okay, Fran Mill, that's it. Just pull up. Just take it easy. Don't push it. Don't don't go too hard because the last thing you want to see is Fran Mill blowing a tire going into third base in a spring training game. Yeah, and I think he would have stopped, but the uh, uh, Cattell uh, Marte. Yeah, he kind of he botched. You had trouble, you know, corralling that ball off the wall, and uh, and so uh, you know uh, Reyes had to go to third. But yeah, it was a little it was a little frightening. But he, when he gets when he gets two hundred eighty pounds moving, it's hard to stop. I think. Yeah. Again, I don't think there's no there's any had to go to third. I think he wanted to. It's just yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes discretion is the better part of valor, and we we just we just let them stay at second base because we want to make sure that you can play 162, a very important part of the Indians' offense there. The Talkin' Tribe opening day virtual event will take place April 5th at noon, featuring Indians reporters and columnists from Cleveland.com and The Plain Dealer. Tickets can be reserved online at Cleveland.com. This year, you can enter to win entry to our VIP experience and get the opportunity to mingle with former Cleveland Indians players. Only 150 tickets are available for the exclusive experience and can be won through our sweepstakes. Register now to win at cleveland.com slash try. Be sure to join Paul Hoynes, Terry Pluto, Joe Noga, and Doug LaMaurice as we get you ready for the home opener at Progressive Field and the rest of the Indians' 2021 season. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, so we got Naylor, Chang, look at the bullpen, obviously, again. Uh, before we get deep into what went on last night, we have to mention, uh, you know, Tito and, uh, and Chris Antonetti got to break some, some good news on uh, Wednesday morning when Brian Shaw got to the, the facility. Uh, they informed Brian Shaw that he had made the roster. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought, you know, Shaw's had a pretty good camp, and, it, and he's really finished strong here. He's came, uh, you know, so um, I didn't think it was a big shock, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, they did it early. I think they to let him know, and so he could relax. And uh, it was, 
it was a good uh, a good moment i'm sure you know a guy that has really you know he was kind of the iron man of the indians bullpen for about that five five year period you know starting in 2013 until he left after the uh, 2017 season and uh, he's back and uh you know he's uh, below three three point uh you know sub three three era ten i think he's had 10 strikeouts in about maybe more than 13 strikeouts yeah, he's had 13 and, strikeouts yeah, in, in, in like nine, nine and two-thirds innings. So he's had a good spring. Yeah, uh, a couple of things that came out after we talked to Brian Shaw after the announcement. Uh, Brian Shaw, like a lot of veterans uh, in, in the position of, you know, trying to make the club on a, a minor league contract, a lot of those guys have opt-out dates where you hit the opt-out date, they can become free agents again, try and hook on with another team if they don't think they're going to make, uh, make it with the Indians or, or the team that they're trying out for. Uh, Brian Shaw said he specifically didn't have an opt-out date with the Indians, but he made it clear when he signed with them, hey, if there's a chance to, you know, sort of make up your minds early on this, let, let's go ahead and do this. He said it was because they, he only really wanted to be in Cleveland, but it was, I thought it was interesting. He didn't have an opt-out date in his minor league contract. Uh, one, of the, one of the reasons he was so happy about being able to, uh, you know, get the announcement, uh, you know, make the team early this week or, or yesterday was that he said the, the, the bus or I'm sorry, the van, the trucks leave for Cleveland on Saturday, the equipment trucks leave for Cleveland on Saturday. And he said, Hey, I can throw all my gear and all my stuff on the, the equipment truck. I don't have to go making special arrangements because the trucks are already headed to Cleveland and I know I'm going to be on it. So he's uh, he throw his gear on there. And, and that was another special thing. Uh, but the, the, real, the real big thing that came out of that conversation we had with him after he, he was informed he made the club was uh, sort of the, the shock that he, he never really contemplated retirement after the struggles in Colorado and, and eventually wound up in Seattle. Uh, that, that really never deterred him because his goal is the all-time games pitched record held by Jesse Orozco. And I, I, Jesse Roscoe's at like what twelve hundred appearances, <laughs> and Brian, Brian Shaw's at half of that. He's at like six hundred. Brian Shaw would have to pitch another ten years in order to reach that mark, even at the rate that he's gone in over you know the last few with, with so many appearances over his career. Do you think Brian Shaw can can <laughs> Jesse Roscoe's record? I don't know. He's going to have to, he'll be eligible for social security. If he breaks Jesse Orozco's record, if, if he teaches himself to pitch left-handed, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, the reason Jesse Orozco was able to be around for so long was because he was a lefty. Yeah. And, and he pitched a, lo a long time for the Indians when Hank Peters was the uh, GM then and kept giving him one year contracts. Jesse just kept taking them year after year after year. Sounds like Oliver Perez. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I looked on that list, and guys who have been around for even Oliver Perez, who's been around for he's eighteen years, uh, you know, he's not even close to sniffing Jesse Orozco's record. Uh, I, I think former Indian Tyler Clippard, uh, who's hurt now for the the uh, Diamondbacks, but he's he's up over like seven hundred and seventy five somewhere around there. He's pitched in a million ball games, but he's nowhere close to the record. Uh, for, for Brian Shaw to, at 33 years old to be, you know, <laughs> contemplating sticking around until he's got that record, that's that's a lot of games, man. That is a lot of games. And he seems much more uh, open, you know, much more uh, relaxed 
this spring or you know just uh he seems seems to have his personality is coming coming forth before it was always you see you know kind of a serious really analytical guy he seems to be having a lot of fun this spring well and and, and the other thing was you know tito told him when he when when antonetti uh <laughs> francona said that he let antonetti uh, have that conversation with Shaw because they've they're about to have a bunch of really difficult conversations, and he wanted uh, uh, Antonetti to have a you know he he sort of gave him a layup. He he said here here here's an easy one. Go enjoy this conversation uh, when he told Shaw that he was on the team, but uh, Tito you know backed him up and he said something along the lines of Hey you know you're home. That's and and he says yeah it's it, it's it's what feels comfortable to him. And I think that's why you see what you just said, that, that uh, relaxed sort of sense now, uh, especially when he's talking with us, he's talking to the media. It's like, Hey guys, what's going on? You know, he's, he's really yeah. relaxed and, and he knows exactly who he's talking to when, when, when he talks to us on these zoom calls. So uh, also very interesting. Yeah, definitely. That, it's good to see. And they're going to need it. You know, they'll need, they'll need somebody, you know, that's kind of been through it and, uh, done just about everything you can do on the mound in a, in a relief uh, situation, because uh, basically that's a pretty young back end of the, the bullpen with the uh, class A and, and Karen check. Yeah. You got to figure the, the three uh, class A Karen check and Wickren are the guys who could close a game at any time, but you, you also need a guy like a Shaw to set that up. You know, maybe Shaw's your eighth inning guy almost exclusively uh, to, to start off. And, and the other guys can pitch in earlier or later. Uh, I don't know. I, the, the bullpen really does seem to be taking shape, though, now that we we know for sure you've got Wickren, Class A, Wick, uh, Karinchak, Stefan, and Shaw. Those are and you know those are five. You need yeah. you need three more. Probably Mayton. Mayton is in there. Mayton's got to be in there. So that's Maton. six. Plutko's probably in there, you would Plutko think. Plutko probably, that's seven. So seven, you've so. got one spot for a lefty, and that's between uh, Ghost, Nelson, and uh, Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez, yes, definitely. And uh, it looked like uh, looks like, uh, you know, um, yeah, yeah, no, but that, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be an interesting choice because, uh, you know, um, what, uh, we know that, that we know that Tito likes Ghost. We know that he loves the stuff. We don't know if he trusts ghosts yet. Uh, you know, you can rely on Oliver Perez uh, to be consistent, but you don't know what he's got left. And Nelson, I think they, they see is the future in that position, but he might, you know, because he's got options and, and he's very relatively inexperienced. I think they, they're pretty much resigned to just stashing him at, at the depth camp until there's a need for him. Yeah, Nelson has really come on too. Francona has talked a lot about him lately. Uh, you know, he's they love his slider. He's he's thrown harder. His fastball has picked up some velo, so he might sneak in there. We'll see, but uh, I don't know. I think you want a little bit of experiences, you know, in in that last spot. So and Perez certainly has that. Well, you've got a lot of experience with Perez, <laughs> or you've got no experience with Ghost. So uh, yeah. yeah, who knows? Who knows? But. Uh, Hey, just wanted to mention, we, we saw the news today. Uh, Eloy Jimenez from the uh, Chicago White Sox going to miss five to six months with a ruptured pectoral muscle. Uh, that that really sort of uh, is a blow to their lineup. That, that's a lineup that, you know, had looked like, you know, world beaters all of a sudden. Now they're, they're uh, 
you know, searching for a, a guy to, I know, I guess when your fifth or sixth hitter is, is out for a while and, and, you know, he was projected to hit what 31 home runs this year. Yeah. Uh, that's tough to replace for most teams, but the, uh, the White Sox seem to have those, you know, around every corner. Yeah. I mean, and he's such a great player, Joe. I mean, he played great against the Indians last year, just a fun guy to watch. And I guess he went over the fence and against the A's or something. I heard it right. trying to make a catch against the fence. They got a kid though. Like who's the kid Vaughn some. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that's, that's who's going to play out there is uh, I believe it's Andrew Vaughn. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn. He's one of their top prospects. Um, and he's going to never, he could make the club now. Right. Well, I, I, I think that that was going to happen either way. I don't think he was going to be held back, uh, because they're, they're in that mode where he can help them win. And now he's definitely on there. He had been a DH for them, uh, through much of spring training, but now he's going to be exclusively playing out there in left field where, uh, Jimenez was playing. So yeah, uh, again, that's, Knock on wood, that's something that has uh, avoided the Indians. The injury bug has avoided the Indians, you know, throughout spring training. Hopefully with, with one week left, they uh, they can continue to get through without any complications. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 for the Indians who face the White Sox a whole bunch in the first month, month and a half of the season, uh, you know, it's nice to know that they, they won't have to be facing a lineup that's, you know, seven, eight, nine deep, only, you know, five, six, seven deep, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's a, but that's a blow. I mean, that's a that's a big uh, part of their line, of the White Sox lineup. So we'll see. But they have such a deep system that, like you said, I think uh, they'll keep chugging along. Uh, hey, uh, off day today for the Indians, but they'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, Logan Allen, I believe, on the mound. Uh, who, who are they playing tomorrow? Colorado. Colorado. Uh, Logan Allen gets his his final spring tune up. Uh, then. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, we, we've been doing some interviews and talking to some guys for this, uh, upcoming, uh, breakfast or not, not breakfast. Usually it's the breakfast, uh, the, the home opener breakfast for, uh, the, the talking tribe event. Uh, they're going to do it virtual this year with, uh, at noon on the day of the home opener. Uh, you and I talked to a couple of Indians alumni who are, are going to be involved in the event. Uh, you had a chance to talk to Carlos Baerga. How did that interview go? Yeah, Carlos is, has always been one of my favorites. It was fun. It was he was high energy. You know, Carlos <laughs> was talking a mile a minute. He's he's fired up. He's uh, you know he works for the Indians. He's he's missed baseball. I think he's coming out here when the minor leaguers come, you know report at, at the end of uh, March, and he'll work with those guys. But as you know, he was he was it was great to talk to Carlos. He's excited about you know the the uh, talking tribe event. And, uh, he, you know, he's, he can't wait to, uh, you know, meet the fans and talk to the fans virtually. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to Mike Jackson, uh, the Indians reliever slash closer from 97 to 99. Uh, still one of the guys that is, is sort of beloved in, in any of those alumni events. Uh, uh, the, the Tribe Fest, he's always back for that autograph sessions and, you know, alumni weekend at the ballpark. He loves to go and, and be a part of that. I found out that Mike Jackson uh, at, uh, tribe, uh, fantasy camp is you don't, you don't want to mess with Mike Jackson's team at tribe <laughs> fantasy camp. I guess, uh, that's the team you want to be on, I guess. Oh yeah. Because, okay. because that's the team that's going to win and be the most competitive. Mike Jackson, just, just as fierce and just as much of a, a bulldog as he was on the mound for the Indians in that three-year stretch, uh, 
as the closer and, and reliever, 97 and 99. Uh, when he gets out there at fantasy camp, man, he's a, he's a tough cookie. Uh, and like Carlos said, he, he, he can't wait to get back around the fans and be back from this pandemic. And, and uh, he's certainly looking forward to the, the virtual um, event on the 5th here, uh, hosted by cleveland.com. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's such a great event. I mean, it's such that hold that, that those 90 teams have on, have on the city of Cleveland and Indians fans. I don't think it'll ever be broken, Joe, that the relationship between the fans and the, in, and the Indians, those Indians teams, I think is really deeply rooted in the psyche of the city and the, and the, and the organization, you know, that was the first time that was the, uh, the, the renaissance of this, this organization after 41 years of wandering around in the desert that, and I think the fans have never forgotten that, that those clubs. All right. Well, we're excited to be able to bring that uh, to all the fans and, and everybody involved uh, our virtual event on uh, April 5th. Oinsey, uh, we'll wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Uh, more from Goodyear from you uh, as, as we get ready for the final, final week, the home stretch and, and looking forward to, Uh, getting out of there and getting back around here for, for games here coming up next week. All right, Joe.